0: I've been praying for the non-believers, all my neighbors thinking I won't leave her. Awful eager to all for all deceivers. They don't care what the creator prefers.
1: They don't believe in walking up to Peter. They don't believe in God, Jesus either. Go from
0: breeders the instant reapers. Listen to the tweeters, the twisted leaders, misdemeanors. Then you go for felonies. I've been the more... Hello and welcome to Be Vigilant. I'm your host, Matt Dean. Today with me is Samuel Say, a Christian blogger. Today's sp- episode is sponsored by local freedom lovers who refuse to let the left's vocabulary and so should you samuel thank you for being on the show how are you today thank you for
1: having me i'm doing well
0: yeah so i introduce you as a christian blogger but i think you're much more than that aren't you you're really a when i got to meet you down in america fest some of the words you were i got to hear you on a panel and it really it impressed me your take on everything you're not an old guy are you (laughs)
1: <laughs> well I guess it depends on who you're asking um I'm 35 yeah. uh, but yeah. I'm starting to have some I'm getting some gray hair now with my beard and my my uh, my hair so um so maybe um I, I am a bit of an old guy it depends um but yeah I mean I, I am a blogger and I and I usually refer to myself as that um but I am also um, doing more speaking now as well too. Uh, so I guess, in many ways, I guess I'm more of a communicator, uh, perhaps, to oh, be the, okay. the best term to describe me.
0: Yeah. So just give give the audience who you are, where you're from, because uh, it's a, it's an interesting story as you told me just a minute ago.
1: Yeah. So um, I'm now currently living in Ohio. I moved to Ohio um, eleven months ago, so almost a year now. After uh, I well, before right before I married my my uh, my wife, we married in April. And um, I, before that, I was living in Toronto. I, I'd been living in Canada for 25 years before I immigrated from Canada. So I need you. Sorry, I mean from Ghana. So I was originally born in Ghana. Then I immigrated to Canada, and then now the U.S. So um, uh, that's yeah, that's you know my 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 story, and so I'm still you know I, I'm very familiar with America being just a couple hours from the border in Toronto where I grew up. Um, and yet I am also new into the country
0: and, and seeing um, all the things that it makes America great. Hey, I like to hear that. As you were saying that, what was the biggest culture shock for you moving from Ghana to Canada or Canada to Ohio?
1: Oh, Canada to Ohio. No <laughs> doubt about that. <laughs> I mean, it's, in part, because when I originally moved from Ghana to Canada, I moved to an immigrant neighborhood okay. in Canada. It would be the ghetto in Canada, uh, particularly in Montreal, the French-speaking side of Canada. But I was, so, I was surrounded by so many, uh, well, one, I moved from one big city to the other, which is a real ma- main um, you know, difference between moving from Toronto to a small town named Marion. Uh, in Ohio, which is mm-hmm. an hour from from, um, from Columbus. Now, I always joke that over here, they call Marion the city. But coming from Toronto, which is a, one of the biggest cities in the world, to to Marion, which is like 35,000 people, yeah. it's not a city. It's, it's a small town. Um, but that's the biggest difference because, again, coming from the city where um, there are a lot of Ghanaians there and just, just the, the city life mm-hmm. um, is very different from... The small town, marion life. Um, and I'm, 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 you know, I'm experiencing its beauty. Um, I am enjoying a lot of the, the things that small town people do love, but it's absolutely an adjustment. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't just uber Eats anything, whatever <laughs> I want, and uh, I love my food, so that's been a pretty big difference. Gotcha.
0: So, you are a saved child of God. When, when did that all come about?
1: Yeah, um. I was raised in the church from Ghana. My mom is a believer. So, I mean, my earliest memories is walking an hour or two hours every morning uh, to church mm-hmm. and back from church um, in Ghana. Um, so I, I was raised in the church, uh, but I wasn't a believer till I was 19. Mm-hmm. Then that happened because um, there was this lady in my church um, who every week would bug me to go to this young adults retreat and I didn't care whatsoever about the church even though I was going to church you know every Sunday I was really going because of what I was supposed to do instead of really um, you know instead of really just loving the Lord so this lady just kept really hounding me every Sunday about joining this youth retreat and just really to just get her to stop bugging me just to stop annoying me with her consistent hounding as I would see it back then. I said, you know what, fine, just so you leave me alone, I'll sign up and I'll go to this silly young adults retreat. I go there, and the very first day, I hear the gospel that I'd heard my entire life, but this time I became born again Amen. and I believed. Um, so good things do happen at young adults retreats. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just heard the gospel, and I knew then that my life um, wouldn't be worth it if not for. Uh, if not for Christ that I was I just wanted to live of course every life is worth uh, is worth living because we're made in the image of God but once I just saw um, you know by faith just how precious Christ is I'm like there's I just need to live for Christ uh, Mm -hmm. otherwise what's the point so uh, that was uh, when I was 19 so that was uh, 16 years ago amen that's
0: that's a great story. It's good to hear that teenagers in other countries are just like the teenagers here. I'll go to church because that's what my mom wants me to do, but eventually that <laughs> heart softens, and God is uh, made number one in their lives it's a It's a beautiful story when I hear yeah. people give their testimony and I appreciate that and mm-hmm. what, when I got to hear you speak in Arizona we, you brought up critical race theory and that's it seems like maybe it's a back burner issue now since twenty twenty but it isn't it's still being pushed into school boards. Oh. And critical yeah. race theory is communism, in my opinion. And communism's job is to get yeah. God out of the family. So as a, as a black yeah. man, what is critical race theory to you, and how do you combat it?
1: Yeah. Um, before I define it, just to add to what you said, it is absolutely still in the schools. They're changing some of the terms, uh, but it is absolutely—I've uh, I've been following what's been happening with schools, um, part of my job. As a blogger is to be, um, you know, as a blogger who particularly writes about critical race theories, really be studying the issue every day. And I'm following what's happening in the schools, and it's it's still happening. It's they're using different terms, but it's still being it's still being taught, including even in Christian schools, Mm. um, you know, which a lot of people are unaware of. Nevertheless, um, critical race theory, fundamentally, you're right. It is communist. It is Marxist. Um but fundamentally they are they basically say that America's founding principles of liberty, of freedom um, of um, of objective truth of of um, of um, you know equality they say all these things are actually racist and they're oppressive mm-hmm. And they say that because they want to replace that, of course with communism or with what they call equity but or but equity is really just, racial, well, when they say racial equity, they really mean racial communism. They see the white people as the bourgeoisie, and they see black people as a proletariat. For those who may not be familiar with the term bourgeoisie or or proletariat, basically, it, it, in Marxist terms, it basically means the privileged and the underprivileged. The privileged, the oppressors, and the underprivileged or the oppressed. And not, they're, not, they're not just against America's founding principles—they're against the Western Western society. So, critical race theory is also very, very, very big in Canada. It's big in the UK. It's big all across the West because a lot of people are against Western values. But more than that, they are against Western values because they are against Christianity. Critical race theory really says that the Bible, Christianity, um, Christian theology is racist. That the most oppressive. Uh, ideology in our society is Christianity, which is why, you know, um, it, it is it is somewhat true that critical race theory as a term explicitly is a little bit on the back burner now. Now, it's still being taught, mm-hmm. but what I mean is that while it's still being taught, other, um, other ideas within it have become bigger. So now they're not focusing primarily on the racial issues. They're not focusing primarily on gender so gender theory is very much tied to critical race theory It's the same idea except they're pushing it from a gender point of view instead of a racial point of view and through that they're really attacking um, truth they're attacking women of course they're attacking uh, uh, children through frankly grooming them to embrace these ideas just to give you an example it's not a coincidence that in canada uh last year Uh, around this time actually that they um they banned so-called conversion therapy now they but the law really is saying uh, and when you read it it's saying that any any christian counselor or pastor who teaches or defends a biblical view of sexuality or gender that if they if so for example just to make it more practical if someone goes to a pastor or a counselor and they say pastor or a counselor I'm struggling with with sexuality or my gender and I want your help and if that counselor or pastor chooses to help that person from a biblical point of view they could be fined or sued hmm. um, uh, they could be they could be sued I'm forgetting exactly the number I think it's like two hundred thousand dollars wow. or and I think the um, the the jail term would be something along the lines of two years as well, too. So this is, you know, so critical race theory and gender theory is still very much big in our society, of course, and it is causing havoc, you know, into children's lives with parents, families, and of course, the church as well.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. And I appreciate men like you standing up to say exactly what it is. And just to touch real quick on the the words you said, I think were, you know, if we are made in God's image, right? then how does any color make you any different than the next one, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, one of the reasons why I'm absolutely against critical race theory and any ideology um, that harms people is because we are made in the image of God. Um, There's, you know, I, I hate, I oftentimes say that I hate critical race theory Just as much as I hate white supremacy, Mm -hmm. because white supremacy says that black people are not made in the image of God. And then critical race theory essentially says that white people are not made in the image of God. And that critical race theory is saying that white people are morally inferior than black people. And then white supremacy says that black people are uh, biologically inferior than Mm -hmm. white people. Both of these ideas are attacking what it means to be made in the image of God. And as I've said, Um, several times, that's primarily an attack on, on God, because we are made in the image of God. So if you're attacking white people or black people, you're attacking their creator. Mm. If you're attacking their creator, which is why we, you know, we believers need to understand, and I've said this many, many times, but that it's because our society does not respect God. Our society does not honor God. And for that reason, they're not going to respect or honor those made in His image.
0: So true. I mean, I love the way you put it all together like that. That's it's I hate white supremacy as well. It in if we're all made in God's image, but we're all born in our sin to our reprobate nature. I don't care what color you are. Yeah. You need Jesus to move forward. Yeah. Right. It's a uh, yeah, it's the key, the cog. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, the reason why
1: I hate critical race theory is because I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. It's not because I'm a conservative. It's because I'm a Christian. I'm a conservative because I'm a Christian. You know, before I became a Christian, I didn't care about these things. In fact, in many ways, critical race theory wasn't quite as common back then as it was, but I was I was a little bit woke for that time. Mm. <laughs> you know, it wasn't until I became a Christian where I realized that I'm supposed to not just love God, I'm supposed to love my neighbor— as myself yep. that i am to love a white person as if they are me you know and that is that changes everything it changes everything which is why i keep saying that it's so important that we in our culture rediscover what it means to love god and that we pursue god because if we're pursuing god if we're loving god we're going to love our neighbors we're going to love those
0: made in his image amen that's i love the way you put that there and to transition from there, I wanted to talk a little bit about probably the biggest hot-button topic for 22 was abortion, I would say. The Roe v. Wade being overturned, and you know Christians took mm-hmm. it—I hope we took it as a win. It, it's not the win to the battle because all the overturning of Roe v. Wade did was kick it back to the states where it should have been to begin with. We have seen a drastic mm-hmm. number of abortions decrease, and I just wanted to mm-hmm. get your opinion coming from Ghana to Canada to now Ohio. It's just crazy to say Ghana, hmm. Canada, Ohio, Mary in Ohio. <laughs> what from another yeah. nation? What is the, the Christian outlook in another nation on abortion to start first?
1: Mm, mm. Um,
0: well, the Christian
1: um, outlook on abortion is the same no matter the nation, in the gotcha. sense that Christians in Ghana hate abortion. Christians in Canada hate abortion as well. Uh, the difference is. Um, is that sadly in Canada especially Christians have very very little influence or power. So mm. in Canada the uh, abortion is completely legal at every stage. Mm. Um, in oh, when when uh, Roe v Wade was returned, I was here in Ohio at the time and I was celebrating, but I was also it was also very bittersweet and it was very sad for me because obviously um, as a Canadian citizen. Um, you know where I've spent most of my life that you know and I, and I was part of the pro-life movement in Canada um I was actively working for proliferation to change minds and change the culture Amen. it became bittersweet because we are so far and I know that the work in America is not done but in Canada we are so far where I mean it's it's legal for a baby hours before they are born to get killed mm. and um so i celebrate what's happening in america but it makes me grieve more that canada's so far behind but that's in part because for so long the church in canada while we hate abortion we've been weak Mm. you know we've been weak on the issue where we've become you know we've become um just comfortable with the status quo where we've not put as much uh, prayer and resources into really fighting the issue we felt it as if i mean i'll be honest too i thought Uh, I mean, for a long time, I didn't think it was possible that we would be be overturned, you know, within the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. And God has done far more than anything that we could ask or think, as the Bible says. And I hope that it will give a lot of Canadians, um, you know, just encouragement and motivation that, you know what? If God can do that in America, he can do that here, too. Um, In Ghana, the issue is a bit different in the sense that Ghana is overwhelmingly... Um, pro life mm. um, and the laws technically are strong on abortion but the issue is ironically while you know in the west we talk so much about hating colonialism well we are actually really forcing we as in the west we're really forcing abortion um into into um you know Africa like Ghana so for example abortion is only legal um for rape incest, or if it threatens a mother's life um, in Ghana. Now, those, uh, well, just to be clear, uh, uh, abortion is never, ever, ever necessary. Abortion is never, never um, good. Uh, while we hate that any woman go through rape or incest. It doesn't mean you know, that, that their child should suffer as well, too. Mm. Um, so abortion is never, never, it's never okay, because, of course, it kills a baby. The same way that it's, it's never okay to kill a two-year-old because they are, uh, are a product of incest or rape, it's never okay to kill a baby as well. Nevertheless, um, you know, despite that, you would think that abortion should be very, very rare in Ghana because of that. And yet, because of the NGOs in 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 Ghana, there's a lot of under the under the table abortions happening mm. through these Western organizations like Mary Stokes, for example, where a lot of times people get illegal abortions. So while on the records it says that there are about there are about um, fifty thousand abortions happening in Ghana, there's strong evidence that's actually two hundred thousand mm. that there are four times more happening under the table illegally and is being done through organizations like Mary Stokes and Western uh, nonprofit organizations that are really killing um, African babies because they're pushing their own abortion views on vulnerable uh, women in Ghana and Africa.
0: That's crazy. And I mean, that, that ties what we talked about first. CRT was the anti-colonialism saying that was bad, but here we are with the reverse colonializing if that's the word (laughs) back into ghana with our horrible western abortion techniques right yes
1: exactly and you know the irony of them being anti-western is that which is why i said they're primarily against they're not not anti-western they're anti-god because the most western idea in the history of civilization is really marxism marxism Mm -hmm. is western yeah right it comes (laughs) from you know marx And, uh, and, you know, you see, you see, you know, how it's devastated the West um, through the last several decades. But nevertheless, they they say that they're against the West because they recognize that Christianity has shaped the West. So they're really against Christianity. So what they're doing in Africa, it is colonialism, but particularly they're going against the Christian values in, in some African nations like Ghana. Ghana is a strongly... Um, um you know, Christian culture. Uh I mean even even in the even the politicians when they're arguing on issues like gay marriage, which by the way, the West is trying to force that into Ghana right now. Ghana overwhelmingly is against gay marriage. But a lot of times whether it's Barack Obama or is a lot of the politicians, Democrats, when they when they visit Africa, they always bring up the issue of of um of gay marriage. So so whenever that's talked about um, in Ghana, politically, the politicians quote the Bible to say, "Hey, we as Ghanaians, we are pro- we are we are a majority Christian nation, and we are against this." So they are resisting this and recognize that it's really the Western agnostic view or anti-Christian view of, of of abortion that's prompting them to push these views um, onto Africa and, and especially in my my nation, Ghana.
0: That's just wild. Thanks, Barack Obama, for another. Win there, and and (laughs) that that segues great into the to the last topic I want to get in here. When I met you at America Fest, I don't know if you felt it, but we were kind of surrounded by kind of hair on fire, charismatic Christians, which I got no problem with, right? (laughs) That they say here's here's our reformed guy on the panel, and I'm like, hey, this guy and me were kindred spirits here. Like I said once again, I'm I have no problem with the charismatic movement as long as you know who Jesus Christ is, and that's your your main number one goal. You can sing, dance, you know, all my friends that are in the charismatic movement, they make fun of me. They're like, well, don't put your hands up, bro. when you're singing. I said, don't worry. They're in my pockets. (laughs) I'm just a little bit more reserved. But so to hear you coming from the kind of the same side of the coin as me talk about church and culture, I think we both agree that the church needs to take back the culture, but how do we do that as as a a combined unit of Christians these days, it seems like an overwhelming task, right? right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you don't, you don't have, uh, you don't have an easy job there, uh, Matt. You, <laughs> you, you're especially, you know, I'm, I'm an individual primarily, right? You know, you're working to really bring the church together and I really appreciate what you're doing, but you're right. It's not easy. And just a quick comment on the charismatics. So what's interesting is I actually grew up as a charismatic myself. Okay. Um, uh, you know, in Ghana, every Christian is really a charismatic. Uh, my mom is one of the biggest charismatics I'll ever know. And, um, I ended up, you know, leaving the charismatic movement to join the, the Reformed Baptist, um, you know, churches and things like that. Nevertheless, um, I, you know, as you said, if you if you love Christ, um, we are one, you know, while mm-hmm. we have our differences. So. Um, so, yeah, so when it comes to how we work together, it, it is difficult because and I'll be honest, I'll say this. My my camp my reformed baptist camp while again that's my camp and i i love us i i i don't see myself ever being in any church that's not reformed baptist church regardless i think too often um we like to address these issues but from our own corner and we're not willing to go to spaces and really just try to you know teach the truth that we value right to teach um the gospel and to to remember that, that 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 you know it is as, as I said in the panel discussion that you know I care about conservatism but I mean there are people who are conservatives who are in hell mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that to be harsh the reality is conservatives go to hell Christians go to heaven mm-hmm. so I want to go to any corner I, I I can I can be I can go to and preach the gospel but also Because of the gospel, I want to live worthy of the gospel, as Paul said, I think, in in Philippians. That And and that includes addressing the issue of abortion, critical race theory, politics, justice, culture, with like-minded people. Maybe not completely theologically, but when it comes to worldview, when it comes to these issues, God calls me to rescue those who are being taken to the slaughter. I want to be like another reformed hero of mine, which is Uberforce. He was working with different kinds of Christians to end abortion. Mm -hmm. And I want to be like him. And every Christian, every charismatic, every reformed person should be emulating him because he, of course, was successful in doing so. So I think one of the reasons why there have been so um, many—that we failed as a church in many ways is because— Oftentimes, we get into our own little corner. We're not willing to partner with our fellow believers um, and to go into the world, go into political spaces, go into even, you know, lots of spaces, work together to do good and to honor our Lord.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was Jesus that said when they said, Lord, they're casting out demons in your name. What do you want us to do? And he said, well, they're doing it in my name. Then let them be. Right. Because if, if we're all to be working for the same goal. Yeah. I, I can't stress mm-hmm. that enough. if and, You know who Jesus is, and that's where you're preaching. How you worship inside your building on a Sunday, let that be to each individual, right? Amen.
1: If I could say one more thing, too. I think, you know, sometimes people are afraid that if we partner with people that we don't agree with, right? Because there are people that I might, you know, partner with where I'm like, oh, man, I'm concerned about, you know, some things about your theology here where it's not just just a disagreement. So I think that you might be harming some people through this bad theology Mm -hmm. and uh, but i might still work with them for example i mean i was working with catholics Mm -hmm. on on uh, abortion in in canada because they've been very strong as they are also in america when it comes to the issue now i might say some things that might be harsh but i would say that catholics are different from christians i I would say that Mm -hmm. i think that i think that is a major major difference here i think the difference between a catholic and a and a Baptist and a Baptist and the Pentecostal. Nevertheless, I was working with them because they love babies and they hate abortion. Um, but I also was not afraid to say to my Catholic friends that, hey, here's here's my concern about your theology. You can you can you can kindly do that. You mm-hmm. can share your disagreements publicly or even privately while still working the same goal, which is to save babies when it comes to the abortion issue. I think when it comes to working with charismatics or Presbyterians or different kinds of people, I I, I I, love that I can, I would love to be able to speak with people that I don't agree with and say, hey, here's my disagreement with you. Let me hear yours. I wanna learn from you. Let's talk, let's be honest with each other. Let's not hide our disagreements, but let's be honest. And then by being united in our disagreements, we can work even better together to go save babies, to end critical race theory dominating our culture, to help um, end how massively destructive, uh, to help end uh, how, how destructive um, um, gender theory is really causing, um, it's really harming people in our schools. So, you know, I want to be honest with people. Now, the reason why I'm saying all this is because too often, if, if we are not, honest with each other in terms of addressing the issues that we may disagree with you know amongst ourselves then it's going to cause real problems then we're actually going to cause more more division by not addressing these issues at all or we're going to end up becoming this ecumenical group which will um, be fruitless in addressing these issues because we're not being honest with
0: each other amen samuel that's all the time we have today your website is slow dot com correct Yes, sir, it is. I thank you for all your time, and I'll continue. I'll put you in my prayers, and I uh, continue the fight. Thank you for what you're doing, and may God bless you. Thank you.